some more of the soccer uh, match week two for uh, the EPL and French leagues, Bundesliga and Syria kick off. So we got a lot of action there. We're going to continue our college football preview uh, moving into the big boys or what's left of the big yeah. boys uh, to say Pac-12 and Big 12. Then we're going to do our NFC South preview. So uh, a whole lot to get into. So let's kick things off on the soccer side of things. <clears throat> Uh, Friday was a bit of a wash. Uh, uh, I will say Bayern Munich kicked off uh, in the Bundesliga on Friday. Harry Kane came in, got a goal. Lee yeah. Sané got two <clears throat> goals. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it was an easy game. Most of it played out uh, sort of a lot like we saw Bayern Munich where they struggled to really put the team away until those last 10 minutes. But uh, what did you make of Bayern Munich sort of first uh kick off here with the Harry Kane uh, front in the line. I think this is kind of what we expected to see in that cup match last week. Uh, they just kind of come out and took care of business uh, pretty handily. Kane got a goal. Should see a lot more of that later on uh, this season. Yeah, I I, I was impressed uh, with the way they created opportunities. We'll see if they can continue it up. Still a little worried uh, defensively, but I, I will say uh, they put Kim in there who was not in, in that cup. Mm. Uh, game uh, looked a little bit better defensively uh, with uh, probably one of the best center backs in the league. We'll see how that plays out, but let's uh, go over to England here. Let's uh, sort of kick things off with Liverpool. Um, yeah. 3-1, the, the score, I think, looks how we probably thought this game was going to go. I'm curious what your take on it was because we, we definitely started off a yeah. little nervous there, but uh, it sort of played out how we are. What's your sort of feeling on Liverpool? Are they finding their stride more like they were two years ago, or are you still uh, a little bit worried uh, about them? Uh, I'm a little worried, yeah. but people seem to be calm. I, I know they're going to score goals, but, I mean, Bournemouth was getting behind them pretty easy, especially yeah. early, and it, it just... I don't know. I don't know what to make of Liverpool quite yet. Yeah, I'm very concerned here. Uh, just, you know, s slow start, get down 1-0, you know, early. And a, a not a very good team, by the way. And, and you know, this was at Liverpool's house. And just it kind of looks like the same old that we saw last week and, and you know, kind of middle of the season last year. Just I don't know if it's just like a focus, like a cohesion with the team. They, they do get goals, you yeah. know. Uh, but I mean, this was on the verge of a draw after, especially after they got that red yeah. card. Uh, they managed to squeeze one through, but there was many, many opportunity opportunities for uh, Bournemouth to to get this uh, tied up. And uh, I think Liverpool was lucky for it to fall the way they did. And if they were playing a slightly better team, I think it could have gone the other well, way. You had the goal essentially <laughs> in the first minute of the game, uh, but it got ruled out uh, by yeah. barely being offsides. And then we're like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and then two minutes later, they let in an actual goal and. Uh, I think the worry uh, started to come, but uh, I'll give this team more time. But betting wise, yeah, I, I just I don't know if I can fully trust them. Well, I, I, and 
so I'm just going to continue to be cautious, especially when they're on the road. Well, this is a team that I thought was going to get back into the top four this year, and they're they're not really showing that yet. And so we'll see if they can turn it around. It's only two weeks in, long season. Yeah, but. Uh, flip things on to the other side. We'll go to Brighton. Uh, 4-1 win, whereas Wolves, um, the Wolves uh, – Happiness seemed to yeah. <laughs> last about a week. Uh, we'll get to Manchester United here in a little bit, but uh, Brighton continued to uh, just look really, really good. Yeah, I know their opponents have been two weak, weak opponents. Yeah, uh, you know, bottom tier, uh, but they've sort of done what they're supposed to do. Yeah. They put goals on them. Uh, they look to play playing good football. Are they? If you could make a bet on them now, would you make that bet for them to be in the top four? Is that probably a little too much? considering opponents, and we haven't gotten to Europe. European play, I think, will, I, I I want to see this team in European play, but betting-wise, I'm just kicking myself because I've let them pass the last two weeks, and you've actually uh, been aggressive on them. Yeah, I've, I've won, I think, bets on, bo- on both weeks yeah. on, on them, and uh, they performed well. Uh, yeah, I'd say depending on the value, I think it'd be worth I think they're going to – I think they're definitely top eight yeah. uh, for sure um, and, and could slide up. Uh, to push the top four, we'll see uh, how they do against the tougher competition. But right now, they're taking care of business. I, I don't think you can fault them for anything they've done so no. far. Uh, if anything, they've impressed me a little bit because <clears throat> I think some of these games could have been, you know, just simple two zero victories, and then they've put some goals up. Uh, so I'm impressed by that, and uh, I, I think that you know the good teams they they uh, they put their foot on the throat of the bad teams and dominate, and that's you know what we don't see from Liverpool. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll see what Brighton does when they get into tougher tougher competition. But yeah, I'm really impressed yeah, by them. I, they've probably been the most impressive, other than uh, maybe Man City. I, I'm curious what you thought of this game. I I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Little disappointed in Newcastle here. Yeah, I thought Man City came in a, a little bit like a wounded animal. Uh, th- this was essentially their fourth game in two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks to start the season, they played four sort of legit games. However, you want to say the two cups that they played in, but they had to travel to the Middle East to play one of them. You know, uh, they ended up going you know to penalties in that Arsenal uh, Cup matchup plus two regular season. Ga- uh, matchups here, but uh, I, I thought Newcastle would come out be aggressive. Yeah, and I thought they, there was going to be goals. Yeah, <laughs> they sort of did the exact opposite. They it, it just looked like they were trying to play for this, you know, one zero one one sort of tie game, and I just I didn't like the way Newcastle came out here. I think they aren't as good as Man City, but if you're going to go after Man City, and I, I get the scary part of trying to open up. Uh, you know, it'll probably play out a lot like it did uh, last year when we made a bunch of money off this game early in the season when we got those, like, six goals. Yeah. Uh, I, I get that, but I don't think Man City was capable of sort of opening up the coffers here, uh, especially coming off that trip, uh, you know, from the Middle East. Injuries uh, all over the place, including the coach, now that you find <laughs> out. Uh, I, I just I was disappointed in the way Newcastle played here. I thought they'd try to be real aggressive and take it to Man City a little bit more, and it looked like they just they were playing for a, a sh- low-score draw here, and Man City was like, okay, we're all tired. We'll sit yeah. around the center circle and pass the ball the whole game. Yeah, I thought you, you, know, you hit the nail on the head with there. This was an opportunity for Newcastle to get a jump on them early and, and get a game that, you know, this could be 
this was an opportunity for a bit of a game later on in the year that really could affect the standings. Um, instead, they got a loss. Um, but I, you know, you're exactly right with the injuries and and the fatigue on City. Newcastle had every opportunity to to jump in and take this one, and just shaking my head over how they came out and, and disappointed. Like I said, I was expecting a lot of goals, yeah. and and you know, City probably would have pushed harder had Newcastle, yeah. and we would have got my goals. But you know, Newcastle was perfectly happy to just yeah. let this thing bleed out and and then. Keep and it close. Yeah, but, it was. Let's keep it close and see if we can steal one of those last. But I, I they started to make a push. Maybe the last twenty minutes to try to get a goal. But I mean, they if if they're gonna have you know a top four placement, they need to have the mentality that yeah. they're just as good as these guys. They they came they played scared. Yeah, and uh and you know they should play to win. That's what <laughs> that's what confused me so much because the week before. Now, granted, I know it's at home, and you know. It's in a place where they can bring a lot of energy, but basically they played Aston Villa and wore Villa down yeah. to nothing. Yeah, where dominated. Where the last 40 minutes mm-hmm. they were running all over them. I thought they'd come with that same sort of thing versus Manchester City. And, well, and we've seen City's defense is yeah, more than vulnerable. Yeah, you saw it the midweek versus Sevilla. Yeah. I mean, it was 1-1, but they had Sevilla had three or four chances where they had should have gotten a couple more goals. Just... Disappointing. I, I mean, you can't. I, it's hard to criticize when it's one zero and you're in Man City. Yeah. But I just this seems like an opportunity lost to get three points. You know, before Man City, you know, hits full stride in February and starts, you know, the ship really, uh, you know, cruising out to sea instead of sort of slowly moving its way out of the harbor here. Yeah. Just disappointing. I, I think I, I thought we were going to get a better showing here from uh, Newcastle, but. Uh, We'll go to one who I thought was a worse showing, Tottenham <laughs> United, and it, it wasn't Tottenham who was the worst uh, showing. They got off yeah. to a bit of a slow start, but uh, honestly, uh, probably from the thirty-minute mark. Oh yeah, on they were running Man United off the pitch. Uh, Man United had a couple opportunities early, including Bruno Fernandez's uh, <laughs> header with literally no one around him that uh, somehow went wide and high. Um, Tottenham looked uh, pretty much like I, I think we both thought they mm-hmm. were, uh, similar to last week, much more entertaining. But uh, what do you make of uh, Manchester United here two weeks in a row? Um, it just doesn't look right right now well at least they managed to get the win week one um but and this week it was a sort of depending on officiating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh but you know i'm 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 proud of my spurs i thought they played well this team's gelling you know a lot of new new players in this team but they're gelling quickly uh and i like that and i thought this was a good win for them but i i think it might be time to hit the panic button for united i know it's only two weeks in but uh we were expecting them to you know you know they finished the season strong last yeah. year and, and and pushed, but not seeing it yet so far. Yeah. Um, you know, you you talked to me uh, earlier today. Um, you know, Rashford goal uh, this week. Yeah, and, and I sort of looked at you and I was like, "Are they going to play him up the middle?" Because uh, I mean, two games. How many opportunities do you think Rashford's even? We had to score uh, maybe a half opportunity. Yeah, had a couple you know long range well, shots from bad angles. Well, and usually those are ones he's creating himself. Yeah. I just I I you know I'm not seeing the goal opportunities. You yeah. know the, the the assists aren't there. It's kind of kind of one on one runs here and yeah. there that are getting them their shots. But 
they're not generating the kind of offense they're going to need to get yeah, goals. I, I said to you, are they going to play him on the wing? Or are they going to play him through the middle? If he's on the wing, I, I'd say go for it. But it, it's not something but, that you know you can make your picks on on like Wednesday, not knowing if he's going to play up the middle again. Because if he's going to play up the middle, I would say no, do not take. Yeah, it as a I was goal. looking at it. It's it's even money. It's yeah. only plus one hundred. I mean, if they're going to get a goal, it's a high chance that he's going to get it. But right now, one yeah. goal through two weeks. Yeah, off a <laughs> defender's head. <laughs> so. Uh, Manchester United, uh, slow start. We'll see. I, I'm, you know, I, I'm not going to go totally all out till they get, you know, the striker that they bought from Atlanta back. Uh, and, and you know, Rashford then can go wide. Yeah. They have the guy through the middle. You know, maybe everything balances out a little bit. I, I don't know quite what they do with Mason Mount. Uh, you know, I, I think we talked about it a little bit. Uh, um, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, the other day about sort of their midfield being a little bit too offensive and then leaving Casemiro on an island. And I think you saw that even more so, uh, you know, in that game in that second half where too many people were forward and Casemiro was trying to cover three or four. And yeah. that's why uh, Tottenham's midfielders got some goals. So uh, we'll move on. I- I'll touch on Villa, Everton Villa. Nice bounce back, uh, Everton um, <laughs> just uh, keep just fade Everton every week, and you've got a good I shot at making so. money. Uh, I would I would say if they're at home, maybe look at the double chance because they might could sneak a draw. But if they're on the road, uh, wow, they looked awful, awful. Uh, we'll go to the game that uh, probably uh, <laughs> lost me some money. I think it's a two-year trend of you. Uh, I need to go back and uh, look up at uh, just the uh, sheet on how much money you've lost on Chelsea the last two years because it continues to pile up. But uh, I, I guess Liverpool's defense is really just bad because Chelsea looked uh, not good. Uh, yeah. It, it was the same sort of thing. A lot of the ball, uh, not much goal opportunities and not really any goal scorer uh, and then just get hit on the counter a couple times and West Ham well, wins they, it. Well, they were getting shots off, but yeah. none of them were close. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where, yes, you you look at the numbers and it's like, oh, they might have dominated this. You watch the game and go, yeah, none of those are really going to have a chance to score. Yeah, I think, I think it was, you know, it was double digits shots, but, you know, only at small, you know, two or three on target. Yeah. And, you know, you're only going to get maybe a goal out of that, and that's all they managed. What? Are we going to see gradual improvement here by Chelsea? That You know, Caicedo came in, wasn't a great look, came in and got a penalty. <laughs> Granted, that was, that was a little bit of a tough situation, but uh, how much is your leash here on Chelsea? Uh, I don't know. I was trying to look and take him this next week. Uh, I talked myself out of it. Um, I'm kind of at a wait and see, uh, but we might just have the same Chelsea that we had last season. I think so. <laughs> uh, last one, Arsenal on uh, Monday played oh. Crystal Palace. Um, sort of a ho-hum game that then got ruined by the stupid double yellow, you know, that ended the red card. Um, Arsenal wins, so they're on six points. Uh, but it, still it, not putting up goals it like has I would not expect. Pretty, uh, yeah. I will say the last two weeks, but you know um, they have a chance this week. So do you think it, it it finds its way, or are we 
basically waiting till Gabriel Jesus pops <laughs> back, and that's gonna be a couple months because it, it just it doesn't look smooth right now. And uh, uh, Nikita just he finds open he probably belongs on Chelsea. He finds open spots, but you know he had two or three once he should have finished, including one I think two minutes into the game that he should have. I mean. You can't panic, you know, they're getting the wins. Uh, you know, they're back at home this next week. I think, you know, we may be so, see some goals there. Uh, weaker opponent, so we'll see. Uh, yeah. But, you know, Crystal Palace isn't that great. Yeah, it was, it was, it was enough to get the win. Uh, no panic quite yet. Uh, I will say, we'll move to La Liga here. Uh, this was not uh, La Liga's best week for uh, TV coverage. Uh Real Madrid got the win. Uh, I didn't think they looked great, uh, but, you know, another Jude Bellingham goal. Uh, you know, Almeria, it's not exactly what you think. They do what Real does, sort of win ugly. But uh, I, I'm going to go Barcelona uh, still continued to uh, – I don't know how much of that game you watched. I, I watched the whole thing because I was curious to see. How they do in the? I, I all I know, I kept checking the score, and it was still nil nil yes. for as long as I could remember. Uh, it was going to be <laughs> nil nil until finally a couple people made a nice little run and a play. But uh, this, I, I mean, we talked about it last week, but it, 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 it's sort of a carryover from that last sort of month, two months that Barcelona just yeah didn't look right offensively. It continues again. Uh, Lewandowski, I know it's not panic time, but... Where's he at? Technically speaking, it's now like four games in La Liga that he hasn't scored. And, you know, you you sort of brush that by on most people, but Lewandowski's one of those guys that's sort of a a goal a game. And he hasn't looked good. He didn't look good in this one. Uh, Where are we sitting here with Barcelona? I I mean, it's a little bit the same as Arsenal. It's ugly. They got the 2-0 win, but... the uh, 16-year-old that they started out on the wing. If I'm like Florent Torres or Ansu Fati, I, I, I'm a, getting a little concerned that the coach values a 16-year-old out there more than I do. Well, it was just a complete lack of urgency yeah. right now in Barcelona. They seem content to just kind of cruise right now at this point in the season, and we'll see if they turn it on and yeah. flip a switch and, and, and you know start playing a little bit more aggressive. But right now they're just kind of coasting. Yeah, I, I'm curious how long... The Barcelona fans and, and press sort of last with these uh, sort of zero zero into the 80th minute uh, type games. Uh, we'll, we'll go to one. Uh, you know, I talked about them last week and got burned a little bit. Uh, you got burned yeah. them this week. Uh, you know, Real Sociedad Europe hasn't even started, and uh, it, it's not been a clean start. I, I don't know if you can hate on it right now because they do have two points. They haven't lost, but. Uh, it, it's just it's looking a little rough for them as as well. You yeah, well, you know, they got a semi early goal in the twenty second minute in yeah. this one, and I, th- I thought they had a lot of opportunities early, but then it just kind of fell into you know just kind of no man's land for a while, and and they were just you know at they kind of turned it off and were just like all right, we'll just win this one nil, and then there you go yeah. in four minutes bounces around the box and <laughs> yeah onto someone's leg. It was similar to the game. Uh, the week before, uh, they got their goal early and just seemed to think that was enough. It wasn't enough. Walk away with a tie, and then uh, 
I don't even want to break down Atletico Madrid with Betis <laughs> all that much, other than I won a lot of money because it played out sort of exactly how I thought, but uh, it, it, just not a good TV week for the La Liga. Barcelona, no, well, the- Real Madrid looked terrible. Atletico Madrid, I, purposely, it seemed like, went to Real Betis to go 0-0, though they have a huge payroll with a lot of high-end players, and uh, just ugly, ugly. Uh, we'll go to the Bundesliga, and this was a little better. Uh, that Leverkusen-RB uh, Leipzig game, yeah. we talked about Munich earlier, but that Leverkusen-RB Leipzig game, really, really good. I wasn't aggressive on Leverkusen uh, this week because I, I, I didn't trust them, but they're starting to win me over here towards yeah. their play towards the end of the season, and, and then starting off with a win here versus... RB Leipzig, they look like they could be actual contenders here. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. They're they're my team that I like to follow in Bundesliga, and they're they're proven that they're they may be the ones to push Munich uh, yeah. for this league. Uh, you know, still a little concerned about their their defense, but I think they're just happy outscoring people. Yeah, and, and, and I will say their defense has looked better uh, under. Uh, I did see goals in this yes. match, though. I think I hit a bet on an over here. Uh, I, I think I was even actually looking for more goals. I, we, you know, Leipzig scores well, so we'll see uh, against some of the other competition. Yeah, a uh, couple other Dortmund one zero. Uh, it, it wasn't pretty, though. I, I should get him credit anytime Dortmund can get a one zero victory, uh, but they found the goal late. Um, so I, I guess that's a plus. But I didn't think they played well for. Uh, you know, 60, 70 minutes here. They they started to push late, but uh, it, it wasn't all that great. I will say, I watched uh, a little of the Stuttgart game versus um, Bochum. Uh, I'd fade, we were talking about teams <laughs> to fade. I'd fade Bochum on the road uh, every every game because uh, Stuttgart th- tore them apart, and maybe Stuttgart's going to be really, really good. They're usually about a middle-of-the-pack team, but uh, Bochum looked uh, uh, really, really bad. Uh that was about it. Freiburg Hoffenheim was a pretty good game to watch, but uh, what'd you make of Dortmund? Uh, good, bad, ugly? Uh, you know, I just, they got it done. The full Dortmund experience. <laughs> yeah, uh, they kind of looked like the same how they yes. kind of finished up last year. We'll we'll see, uh, but they're gonna have to generate more goals. Yeah. Uh, one more to touchdown. Uh, Frankfurt won one zero. I, I thought this would be. A little bit more high scoring, especially yeah. at home. But they found the goal. Uh, you know, Dromstad. Uh, yeah, this uh, is the team that yes. you hate. So yeah. I, I will say, it didn't look like they were ever going to score. They yeah, basically sent their whole team back <laughs> sitting in the box. So I, I will say that's a, a little hard to break down. But uh, I, I thought Frankfurt be a little bit more uh, aggressive here. Um, Union Berlin, I, I will say, kicks off the season with a nice 4-1 win. Uh, hopefully they can keep that going. I, I always like this Union Berlin team to play well. But, uh, yeah. But we'll see. One of the best uh, environments for soccer yeah, I've ever I'm, seen. I, once again, <laughs> once Champions League games start here, I, I'm going to be full bore watching those. But, uh, you know, mine's a mid-table team at Union Berlin. Uh, you sort of know uh, what that was going to go. Uh, Serie not a lot. Not a ton of upsets here. Uh, you know, Napoli came out, uh, played pretty well, got the win uh, yeah. for Frosione. Uh, I, I will say Roma looked uh, pretty bad, but I, I thought that was to be expected. 
a little bit because they have a lot of injuries. Uh, Laszlo, I, I think, was the biggest sort of, uh, I'd say, upset. But, I, I mean, anybody who gambles on Laszlo, yeah. I mean, knows. Immobile got his goal. Yeah, that's essentially <laughs> it. They went on the road. They didn't play great. Immobile got his goal. Uh, if you're taking Laszlo, wait till they're at home. The one I wanted to touch on was Juventus 3-0. I, I talked to you yeah. uh, a little bit that I thought this Juventus team – might uh, be pretty good. I think they're going to want to yeah. make a run for the title. I, uh, If you can still get decent odds on them to win Syria, I, I'd look hard on them. Uh, just a nice 3-0 win. I, I will say, first, uh, you know, uh, half, uh, you know, Chiesa, Dusan Vlavic, they look like they actually wanted to play open football. When they do that, they can use those elite athletes up there to score goals. Second half, they pulled back a little bit, but I, I think as long as they at least start the first 60 minutes and build a lead using those guys up front. If you got Chiesa, if you got Valovic, use them. Don't sit in a defensive shell. Uh, but uh, And then Milan, uh, uh, on Monday, Christian Pulisic uh, looked good. Yeah. Milan looked pretty good, sort of similar to the uh, Juventus game, I, I thought. They got the lead early. Yeah, and they sort of kind of dominated it. Yeah. But, uh, you know... <laughs> I'm 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 glad they weren't content with the one goal and yes. they pushed, got the two before they sat that back. That was a great goal by Pulisic as well. Yeah, I, that was really sweet. <laughs> and he sort of started off the uh, goal with Giroud with that nice uh, long ball uh, cross court that led to the cross that Giroud got the end of. Um, we'll touch on the French league. Uh, Mbappe's back uh, came in. Uh, I think 50 minute mark, 55 minute mark. Yeah, uh, got his penalty. Got his penalty. Got his goal. <laughs> but, uh, uh, then PSG gave up a penalty and uh, tied 1-1. Uh, I, the only thing I can reiterate is, you know, Monaco looks good again. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to grab somebody, you're running out of time here because I I, I think people are going to – it's going to start to dawn on them that this PSG team. Yeah. That being said, we still got seven more days till the transfer window, so you're always playing when – Danger when you're messing with PSG, you you make a bet on the French league and they buy four guys all of a sudden. Yeah. But uh, if you're gonna do it, uh, once again, I grab Monaco. I thought they looked really, really good. Uh, once again, three zero win versus Strasbourg. Uh, they're in their talks to bring in a couple high end guys as well. I don't know if they need to, but uh, not much in the French league other than uh, you know PSG. Not looking great. And so, ride, ride against would be my... Uh, yeah, and, and lock down any uh, uh, futures of yes. other teams that you think might win yeah. French uh, League 1. Uh, grab that right now because I, I think a couple more games There's probably a good handful that are some decent value. Yeah, well, I mean, we saw today because we were talking over under goals and they already sort of adjusted yeah. PSG not being able to score goals all that consistently. Yeah. All right, uh, I, I think that... Pretty much uh, wraps up uh, our soccer coverage this week. Uh, we'll get into our soccer with our picks uh, later in the week. Uh, you'll have your picks out uh, probably tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, be ready to go. I'll, I'll probably drop mine on uh, Friday. A good week for me this week, so uh, back on track. But uh, let's get into college football, and uh, this is probably our farewell <laughs> preview to the yeah. Pac-12. Yeah. Uh, this is actually a, a little sad. I, I Well, and it's a good year for the Pac-12. Yeah. I was looking it over. Uh, there's 
you know, six teams that could potentially yeah, win this I, conference. It's not the typical, you know, Oregon, USC, yeah. and that's it. No, uh, I, there's a lot of good teams in this conference top to yeah, bottom, they, I think. That's, I think that's they, – they just seem to finally have refound their football footing here. Yeah. Uh, the basketball's been better of late after, I don't know, a nice 10-year trend, really, really bad. Uh, probably a longer trend if you want to look at it. Um, I, I don't think you can say – we didn't foresee this coming. Uh, the Pac-12 seemed to be bleeding for 30 years yeah. uh, now. But it, it is a little sad well, not to have that sort of well, West Coast team, that were, West Coast conference. Well, and they're, they're always fighting for uh, you know TV recognition yeah. because so many of their games are played after the majority of the country's asleep. Uh, every now and then they get a good early game. But, I, I, I you know, normally I'm down on the – Pac-12, but, you know, I think we've got a really exciting year ahead of us, and it's going to be – we'll really miss it next year, I think. Yeah, I I think so. I mean, the teams aren't going away, but I think we've seen it with, like, the Nebraskas and mm-hmm. even – I think even you and I still, you know, like a Maryland. Yeah. It's still in our head. <laughs> Rutgers. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm playing North Carolina, and we're like, oh, yeah, they're at Northwestern on a random Wednesday night. In so. November, and yeah. it's snowing. Like, this doesn't quite feel right. But uh, I, I think we're going to feel the same sort of thing when USC is playing, you know, Iowa on <laughs> Saturday. And they're big Saturday, USC, Iowa. And we're like, okay, uh, Whatever that is. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, kick things off with USC. Um, I, I will say improvement upon uh, last year uh, with Clay Helton out and Lincoln Riley in. But I will also say it was vaguely similar to every Lincoln Riley team yep. I have ever seen. Uh I don't think they were dominant in, in any of the games, really. They, you, I think we spent the first eight weeks going, this team wins, but it doesn't look like it's going to win. It, it, it did go 8-1 and one in conference, but the most important game they lost, uh, whether they want to blame officiating or not. Are, are they going to be contenders here, or are they going to be Lincoln Riley, uh, you know, Redux, a lot of fancy numbers in offense, lose every big game versus a team who can punch them in the mouth a little bit. Yeah, you know, I, I, I like this USC team. I think they're they're talented top to bottom. One of the more talented. There's a couple teams I like uh, roster-wise than USC, but their schedule's pretty favorable. Uh, the one concern on their schedule, I think, is that road game at Washington yeah. in November. That's a really tough place to go and win one of the loudest stadiums in the country when it's full, and I think Washington's going to be right there. So uh, that's I think that's going to be a huge game, but I, I definitely could see this team uh, – going through conference with just one, maybe two conference yeah. losses. Uh, but if they can get away with one, that might get, be enough to get them into the conference championship game. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I, I, they don't have divisions anymore, I don't believe. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we could, you know, see a rematch of USC-Washington at the end. Uh, but I like those two teams. They do get Oregon at home. Uh, road game against UCLA. But I, I'm not think, I'm not as quite as big on UCLA this year so uh we'll see their quarterback had been there for 15 years (laughs) but but yeah you know lincoln riley he's gonna generate offense these guys are gonna play well uh i I think they run through this schedule though i like i said you know another road game utah so that's that's a tough one as well um 
But I, I, I think at most two conference losses. But I think if they can get through with one, they'll definitely be in that championship game. Yeah, I, I, I think we're going to hear a lot of hype early. Uh, about USC because yeah. I, I think they blow up, you know. Yeah, I think they go, they win out. until they get to Notre Dame. And then I think <laughs> the schedule like totally turns. You got Notre Dame, Utah, Washington, Oregon, UCLA. Uh, you do have Cal in there, but, uh, you know, I'll throw that one away. But that's a really, really dark stretch there. Uh, you know, Notre Dame is exactly the type of team that Lincoln Riley lose to, uh, you know. Notre Dame might throw the ball four times, run the ball up their gut the whole time, hold the ball, and USC, you know, does three, five-second three-and-outs and game over. Notre Dame wins 13-10, yeah. and you're like, what happened? And, you know, you'll hear some crappy stat about how USC averaged 20 yards per play, but they only run 10 plays. And um, I, I, I think they are definite – I'd probably make them the favorite in the Pac-12, uh, but I don't know if I quite put them in, in my national championship contender list. I mean, we're going to have to have a one-loss Pac-12 champion to yeah. get in the playoffs, I think. And I don't think we – I think all these teams are so – there's so many – Yeah. You mentioned it. Pretty deep league here. Uh, yeah. Probably about six at least really, really good teams – you might be able to expand that out to eight, depending on how uh, a couple of these grow. But uh, definitely six. Throw in a Notre Dame here. I think it's pretty similar to last year's, like eleven and three. And uh, and then just turn it off and not care yeah, about the bowl game. <laughs> that's correct. Speaking of probably the other contender in here, yeah, Utah. Really, sort of w- weird season. It was sort of up, down, up, up. Up and yeah. uh, just a little stretch there where they seemed to lose their offensive footing. Uh, defense was not as strong as it usually is, and then that last sort of half of the season, they seemed to have found their defense. Offensive came around, and, and they really uh, just hit their stride that last, I'd say, about month and a half when they really caught fire. So ten and four year, seven and two in the conference, but uh, you know, I. I think they were the best team in the conference definitely last year. I'm curious what you make of them this year. Really, really difficult schedule, I will say. Yeah, I, I, I love this team. They're actually my favorite team in this conference. I think they're the most talented team, uh, and, and they're well-coached. But, you know, brutal schedule. That's why I don't think they're going to win it. they got to go to Oregon State, to USC, to Washington. Uh, a semi-tough uh, non-conference going yes. to Baylor, uh, you know that's a tough place to go to on the road. No matter in Florida in the opener. Yeah, I, I think they're going to handle Florida. I think Florida's pretty bad this year, um, so I think they'll get that one. But I think that road trip at Baylor, and then you know, just <sighs> at Oregon State's really tough. Yeah. At USC well, that's what stuff. I was going to say there are tricky ones in there too. You got at Oregon State. I, I mean, I don't know how good Arizona's. I'm going to jump them up a little bit, but. Yeah. At Arizona on November 18th, that's a really tricky road game. It'll be hot there, and it won't be hot anywhere else. Uh, it, it's just a really, really weird, uh, I, I, difficult I, schedule, especially that combo, like I mentioned. You go up to Washington, play that game, come back down, go all the way down to Arizona. It's just really, really difficult schedule. Once again, it, it might be a 10-4 a, a and four type season, maybe a, not quite 
that many losses. But yeah, I, 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 I can see it being in and around there again. Yeah, I think they're going to be right around where they were last year. Uh, maybe one more conference loss, which drops them a little bit, uh, just because I think the conference is a little tougher. But, uh, yeah, I, I like this team. It's just I think the way it's going to fall is going to make it hard for them to win the conference. Yeah. Uh, I, I think their win total reflects that too. It's at eight and a half. I, I think yeah. the schedule just scares people. Right? I think so, nine would be a good year yeah. for them uh, going through this schedule. Yeah, I think so as well. All right, uh, Oregon, uh, I, interesting team. I, I will say that uh, ten and three last year. It, it looked, it didn't look as clean. I, I will say as it did under Mario Cristobal. I, I think some of that was to be expected. They also sort of lost a little bit. But uh, what do you make of this Oregon team? Um, it's another one that's sort of in that uh, definite high-end contender territory. Bring it back some really, really good people. Uh, is this going to be uh, a high-end contender here uh, in the Pac-12? Uh, well, you know, I was looking at this, and I think this is uh, Bo Nix's sixth year in yes. college football. It was blowing my mind that he's still here. Uh, but, yeah, I thought Oregon actually surprised me a little bit last year. They they performed better than I thought they were going to. Uh, but I think, you know, this is another team with a brutal schedule. I think, you know, so far out of the three teams we've talked about, USC's had the more favorable schedule. Yes, definitely. Uh, you know, road game at Texas Tech. I know it's non-conference and Texas Tech is so-so in the Big 12, but I think that's a tough road game. But, you know, on the road at Washington, I've talked about how bad of an environment that is, you know, and then on the road at Utah, um, those are two tough ones. They do get USC and Oregon State at home, but, you know, and that's four teams right there that are potential losses. I just don't see they run through those with a clean slate. Um, I... You know, that's why I, th I think we're going to end up seeing the top two teams in this conference have one to two losses. Yeah. I don't. We're not going to have anybody run the table here just just because of the depth. You know, we're only on team three here. We've got two or three more that I yeah, for sure like here. I, uh, that's what I was going to say. We're at three teams and three I think can all win it and none that I would be shocked if they win it. And I, I'm just curious if what they showed last year carries over to this year. Does yeah. Bo Nix continue? Because he actually, you know, we, we talked about it. He looked like, he looked solid. like a real quarterback. <laughs> now, maybe he found the offense that he wanted. I, I don't – I think that probably is more reflection on Auburn coaches. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he looked competent. Uh, he still wasn't great throwing the ball, but they didn't really ask him to make throws that he couldn't make. Yeah. They, I don't want to call it an option attack, but – you know, basically they used him as a batter well, and, and play action. When well, their defense has gotten yeah. so much better the and, last few years. And, yeah, it's just – it's a track meet on defense. So much speed, so much turnover creation. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's sort of where I, I pull back a little bit too. You know, when you're reliant on turnovers like that, if it's one of those years where you, you just aren't getting them or a couple guys drop a couple interceptions here and there, what happens? Uh, we'll move on to another team now. Yeah. Now, this one, uh, we will say, this is what happens, we do previews late. We probably would have put them at or near the top. Yeah. I think we'll still put them at or near the yes. top. Uh, you know, uh, DeBoer did a, a great, great job taking over, got this program back where it was. Really uh, quick turnaround. You know, uh, uh, I'm just interested to see if they can sort of recapture that. The running back, uh, we found out yesterday, going to be out. Yeah, Cam Davis out. Yeah. But Michael Pinnock's still there. Yeah. Um, 
I've loved him ever since he was yeah. at Indiana. So uh, always a difficult place to go to play uh, football on the road. Here, what do you make of the Washington Huskies? Did we get another uh, 11, uh, 10 win season out of them here, or was last year a little bit like Oregon, where we maybe it's a little you know teams have now seen them know what they're going to do, not. 10, 11 wins. Yeah, I I think the 10 is possible. Um, I, I think they're probably going to have a, at least one, maybe two losses in the conference. This this is another team that I like to finish near the top, even despite the running back injury. Uh, but, you know, non-conference schedule is brutal. Uh, you open up the year hosting Boise State, and then yeah, that was an interesting week one. three you got to go to Michigan State, which is, you know, no matter how yeah. good they are, that's a really tough place to go. Uh, but then you got a little bit of a, you know, you got – Cal, but then at Arizona, uh, Oregon, I think they're there by, uh, but you get them at home. So if they can split the tough ones, you know, Oregon, USC, Oregon State, I, I think they get through at most two losses in the conference, yeah. seven and two, repeating what they did last year, um, and, and maybe drop a non-conference. So I, I think they might get nine and three. Well, that's what I was going to say. I, I'm interested because if they can win that Boise State game and yeah. that Michigan State game, I think they can, you know, the Oregon game will be tough, but once again, Oregon's coming to them. Yep. Uh, it, it goes to that stretch in November where it's at USC, then Utah at home, and then at Oregon State. That's a tough little three-game stretch uh, there. And I, if they can get through those early ones, I know Boise isn't what they have been, but... Mm-hmm. It's still a good football team, and on opening week, you—it's you, just—it's a little bit of a wild card. You don't know how your team's going to come out. Yeah. You don't know how they're going to come out. So I'm sure it'll be a, a tight, close game, even if it is in Washington. And then Michigan State—you uh, know—we haven't gotten to the Big Ten yet, uh, but I, I don't think even. Either of us think they're going to be great, but it, it'll be a difficult game to go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll move to my favorite. Yeah, uh, this team Oregon you love. State and, and Jonathan Smith, uh, you know. Now, we're going to see what sort of offensive magic he can run because DJ's going to be yeah, the quarterback. Yeah, people are hating on DJ Uyunglele. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. But, boy, this team overachieved last year. Yeah. and. It'll be really exciting to see if they can repeat. I think they're a dark horse. Uh, I think that could could make a little bit of a run here. They have a pretty favorable schedule. Well, that's, I was going to say their schedule's favorable. Their tough games are at home. Yes. Uh, really, the only tough road game is is the Civil War at yeah. Oregon at the end of the year. They get Utah at home. They get Washington at home. They get UCLA at home. Uh, Really set up if they can if they can keep this momentum from last year could have a really special yeah, year. Utah at home on a Friday night too that'll be a difficult one for Utah. I, I'm interested if he can get the same offensive production out of DJ. Uh, we'll see where he sort of lies. Is it sort of a Bo Nix transportation? Uh, Jonathan Smith's been great on, on coaching offense yeah. and getting guys. And their uh, defense has played amazing and last defense, year. Yeah, uh, I, I think. Three years in a row has gotten better and better and better, which led to, you know, I I think ten wins even overachieved my expectations from last year. I, I definitely had the over, but I, yeah, I, ten was like wow, this team really is really good, and they got hot towards the end uh, last year, and it's a tough home game. But this is how deep this conference is. It's so many uh, really good teams, and if DJ can reach that potential, that I mean we. Well, what three years ago when everybody thought 
he was going to be the number one pick in the draft. Yeah. One of the best quarterbacks. In- I, I think he's in a good spot here because yeah. um, this team's not going to ask as much from him, yes. I think, as, as far think as the pressure will be less creating because you know they're going to run the ball well. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think it's going to be you know asking too much from him. And uh, if they can just limit his mistakes, they uh, he could be kind of a weapon. And I, I think all that pressure and yeah. At Clemson, one, you're there to continue that sex success. You're following the, you know, back-to-back Watson and Trevor Lawrence. You're supposedly the next in line there. And I think it just sort of all snowballed. Now, you know, he didn't help himself. So, you know, take the money with his hand because he's a clear case because he might not be an NFL draft pick now. So that Dr. Pepper money that he got uh, before he had actually done anything Actually, really, it sort of helps them out here. But uh, I am curious to see if Oregon State can continue uh, on. And uh, they're a dark horse one I'm really looking. I'm also going to factor in, they're one of the teams that are uh, sort of left without uh, one of the chairs here in conference. And they aren't one of the ones, you know, Stanford cow begging the ACC to take them. Yeah. They're sort of are left without a conference right now, so I wonder if they'll make it. Maybe they make it a special run yeah. their final year. Their special run. <laughs> All right, let's go to UCLA. Uh, I think actually 9-4 and four last year was a really, really good season. We talked about it. Their schedule was brutal last mm-hmm. year. They fought through it, got to 9-4. and four. I thought played some good football. A lot of talent coming back. The one talent that's not coming back is a quarterback. I think it's sort of debatable what you sort of thought uh, of Dorian Thompson-Robertson. It was sort of a hot and cold career. What do you make of this UCLA team? I I will say it's a much easier schedule this year. If they had brought this schedule last year, I think they would have had a much better season. Yeah, I I just don't know if this team's talented enough to to get above this pack of teams that we just talked about. they may be able to fall somewhere in the middle. Uh, they've got a true freshman and a transfer kind of battling for the quarterback yeah. job yet. Yeah, uh, I will say we don't quite know who's going to play quarterback. And with Chip, it, it, yeah, it might be rotation all year long. Uh, but you know they've got you know a few semi easy games to yeah. kind of figure it out. Coastal, I wouldn't say is easy, but hosting no. them and and Coastal's not what they were a few yeah, years I, ago. I would expect them. Yeah, I think UCLA get that, and then San Diego State's kind of a pushover in NC Central, so they got some time to figure that out before a big road game at Utah. Um, but like you said, pretty favorable schedule. the The Utah road game and the USC are the probably their two toughest, and at Oregon State. Um, but they don't have Washington on their schedule, um, so they don't have Oregon. So we'll see how it falls. I just, I'm, I'm thinking at best they repeat their finish from last year. Uh, but I, I think really the number is going to be seven or eight well, wins. I'm interested because, you know, we, we talked about Oregon's defense. I think this UCLA defense can be really, really good too. It, it's a little bit different than uh, Oregon's. It, it's not totally based on speed. A lot of good guys in the interior and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I it seems weird to say, but Chip Kelly actually has built UCLA more defensively and run game. Uh, you know, traditional, I should say, traditional run game oriented uh, than what those Oregon teams where he had a bunch of speed and could get outside. This has been more of a a ground and pound type of team as Chip Kelly sort of morphed them, which I've actually been impressed how he's sort of done that. Um, Their total's at eight and a half. We mentioned nine wins. I think they can get there. I'm 
I'm kind of big on UCLA. I think they'll be better than people think. Um, but, you know, if they can't figure out the quarterback and they're, you know, the quarterback's creating turnovers yeah. and causing problems, then I, I think that hurts their defense because I think their defense needs sort of that sort of medium to slow pace to grind away games. All right. Uh, I think we've uh, I think we've reached yeah. the next tier here. I think we're at a, a cut line, though. Uh, I will say Washington State was a little spunkier than I thought they yeah. would be last year. Once again, well, I, I should it should just be said, other than maybe Cal and Stanford, a lot of these places are tough to go to on the road. One, everybody is so spread out. You got one, bees all sitting up north in random weird places, and then you got the ones all down south. Sitting in random weird places, so there is the advantage there of Washington State having a pretty good home field. I thought they played better than I thought last year. Yeah, Dickert's uh, done a pretty good job there. Yeah, uh, started off rough, <laughs> especially with you know how he ended up getting the job. But uh, what do you make of Washington State here? Uh, do you think they'll hit um, that seven win mark? Uh, six and a half is their win total, so they're thinking in and around about the same. I I really don't think so. I think they you know they start off with two really tough non conference games for them at Colorado State and Wisconsin, uh, and then I I really only think there's two or three conference teams they're capable of beating. So I think we're gonna have a little bit of a drop off this year. Maybe not so much on the fact of them you know declining, but I think the the level of competition is much higher. Well, this I year. think that's where they sort of fed off of. They were able to beat the teams that were below them that they should have beaten, mm-hmm. and then they lost all the teams that were, you know, uh, of the higher tier. If they can continue that, uh, I they probably end up around the same record. But uh, like we're going to see, I, I think a couple of these teams on the lower tier might be a little better than uh, people think. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I think six would be the mark, but I don't know if they can quite get there. Uh, move to Cal. Um you know, I, I think it's a coach we both like, but it, it's a little... He hasn't really done a whole lot here. It, it's <laughs> it's a little bit like San Diego State. And somehow, the offense keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse. The defense has been solid, yeah. you know, throughout Justin Wilcox's career. But once again, I, I'm offense is returning, but it's one of those where... I don't know if any of the players are any good. So what do you make of that? A four and eight. I, I thought it, it was a difficult schedule last year. And then yeah. it, it was one of those things once you started to get beat down by midseason. It, it's just, you know, Bojo is off and you're just ready for the season to end. Can they improve? Can they can they make a Washington State jump and get to that sort of 6-7 win mark here? Yeah, I, I really don't think so. I, th- I think this we're going to see a lot more of the same. This season, uh, I don't know about you. I'm not too big on them. I this may be Wilcox's last year here because I, I I really only have at most two games they can win in conference, uh, which would match what they did last year, uh, which would again miss a bowl game. So, you know, they got Auburn in non conference. That's tough. Heck, uh, North Texas may even be well, tough that's for what Cal. I was say. <laughs> uh, these first three games, I, I'm scratching off the Auburn one though. We'll get to them. <laughs> I don't know if you scratch off Auburn quite yet, but the North Texas and Idaho game, I want to see if they can score points. If, if they can get into the 20s, uh, heaven forbid, the 30s, uh, especially versus North Texas, whose defense is sort of eh, eh, 
uh, mostly because of pace, but they should be able to score on North Texas. They should be able to score on Idaho. And if we're playing 20 to 13 games, once again, uh, you know, win or lose, yeah. then I'll know sort of where Cal stands. But if they can get to that sort of 30-point marker, then I'll know they at least have a little life on offense and maybe, you know, instead of winning two conference games, maybe they sneak three or four in there and get to that six win. I mean, there would be some heck of some some big-time upsets, I think, because, uh, you know, they got at Washington, at Utah, at Oregon, right. at UCLA. They host USC. They host Oregon State. I think those are all losses. Yeah. Uh, and then you're only looking at, you know, three or four potential wins from the remaining ones. Yeah. And even those, I think, would require some upsets. Yeah. So This would be one that home field uh, doesn't uh, bring a whole lot of yeah. But uh, I, I'm interested. All right, uh, let's get to maybe my sleeper team here. Uh, you know, a big improvement from last year. Uh, granted, they didn't win a lot of, you know, games. First. I think you had them overs last yes. year yeah. uh, and, and did well because it was set at like two and yes. a half, I believe. Whenever it's two and a half, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's much, much easier. Uh, granted, this year it's five and a half. Yeah. A, a little bit harder jump. I, I can see it get there. But it's going to be difficult. They're going to have to – they can lose that Miss State game, which I'm already yeah. working off, but they can't afford to, you know, lose to a UTEP-type uh, team, uh, which, you know, UTEP, not great, but I, I think the last three or four years, probably around the same level as Arizona. But a big jump. I love Jed Fish. I, I think he runs good, good football, uh, you know, pro-style football, yep. which I, I think gives some teams uh, some problems here in the Pac-12, though more and more – coaches in there are running pro-type schemes in the Pac-12. Interested to see if they can make that leap. If this would be like the Oregon State League. Maybe not to 10 wins, but can they continue to improve personnel-wise, winning-wise, and win, you know, seven, eight games if they can make that jump? I I don't know. I think they may could make the jump to six, yeah. get to that bowl game. I like this team better than Cal, uh, and I think their schedule sets up a little bit better than Cal's does yes. as well. Um, uh, you know, some of their their home games are a little harder, but I think their road games are winnable. I think Colorado's winnable. Arizona State's winnable. Stanford's winnable. So that's, that's three right yeah. there that matches their conference wins last year. Get one upset somewhere in the rest, and you're at six wins, well, I think. I, can they sneak a, a win or two upset? You know, they were close a couple times last year. Now that was usually when teams were coming down to the desert. In well, the and, South. you know, like they get UCLA in November. They get yeah. Utah in November. Those are, you know, yeah. if those got, those teams are cruising and they're not ready for Arizona. Yeah. That's where maybe if they've improved. That's the, I, yeah. If, uh, if they've improved or it's just stalled out or, you know, I, I thought – the Pac-12 was really, really top-heavy last year with about three or four teams. Yeah. And I think Arizona feasted a little bit on a soft non-conference and some of those teams, and maybe they won't quite get there. I'm interested because I like the coach, and I think he's built a solid program. But I'd be disappointed if they did something rash if you know if they only won you know four or five games again because uh, that program, when he took over, was basically starting from – Nothing. Rubble of ground. Terrible. Speaking of starting <laughs> from rubble, nothing terrible. Let's move on to Arizona State. Well, uh, I, I don't even know where <laughs> to go here. Um, Kenny Dillingham takes over. Uh, they, they 
always been able to acquire talent, uh, whether that talent molds into wins. <laughs> or they know. acquire the talent legally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, honestly, this is a complete and utter wild card uh, to me. Uh, you know, their win total sits at five. I, I can see it because, like I said, Tempe, tough place to go. Yeah. Arizona State, legally or illegally, throughout their history, mm-hmm. has always had talent. They well, just never seem to seize on set. They've, they've hit the portal well, uh, which they you know they lost quite a bit to the portal as well it from players jumping like ship. rotation of good players out, good uh, players in. What does it mean? I'm, I'm hopeful. I think it's a good head coaching hire. Um, I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think these this team is going to be one of the basement dwellers. Uh, you know, I, I I don't I don't think they win more than a couple games well, here or there. They're one I'm interested in. Uh, you know, the Southern Utah game wipe off, but then it's Oak State, Fresno State, USC. They go into that out Cal game. That's one of the games with Cal I'm talking about. If yeah. they can score points, Arizona State coming there. Maybe Arizona State starts one and four. And I think if that happens, we just sort of see a snowball re- effect. And this thing, you know, starts the rebuild sort of next year. Yeah. You know, wipe the program clean yeah. and we begin anew this year, building towards sort of next year. But like I said, you know, they hit the portal. We don't know. All of a sudden, they start ripping out wins. Teams could have trouble going, you know, to Tempe late at night. Sweating, cramping, and we get a lot of crazy, uh, you know, uh, sort of games here. All right, uh, let's go to Colorado. <laughs> speaking of transfer portal. Yeah, speaking of transfer <laughs> portal, uh, this whole team is new. Um, a lot well, of it is from Jackson State. So. Well, and Dion ran a bunch of guys off. Yes. Uh, I don't quite know how to sort of handicap this. Um, you know, their win total is three. They're going to have a lot of hype and, and promotion. Uh, you know, Dion brings that, but I, I, I want to see what level their players are at. I, I you know, his son's a quarterback. I want to see what level he's at. I, it certainly probably is better than what it was last year. Uh, you know. Oh yeah. That Carl Durrell coaching hires, nothing leaves you more <laughs> than going up uh, from that. But uh, I, I just. I can't really give a handicap on this. Uh, their win totals sits at three now. That seems a bit optimistic. Their schedule pretty difficult here. I don't know if they can get to the three. That seems. I, I mean, I don't know if they get even one of their non-conference games. I could very easily see you know one, two wins once again, uh, and from this schedule, but. Well, I look at the talent that he's brought. Yeah. You know, uh, he's got a lot of athletic ability, um, but I think they lack some of the meat and potatoes, offensive line, defensive line. Uh, that's really going to help uh, help them have success in this conference, which is you know we've talked about stronger than it's been in years yeah. past. Um, so we'll we'll see what uh, Sanders can do uh, at quarterback with uh, you know much tougher defenses. He's not going to be able to use his athleticism. Quite as much. The speed on these defenses is going to be much faster than what he's used to going against. Uh, a lot of people are on the over here. I'm not so sure. I, not. I think it's going to be right around that line. I think they might get to three. I think four is pushing it a little bit. Well, that's. I think that's where you sort of handicap. It's what you think of Arizona State. Yeah. Because that's a possible. Thing. Yeah, and 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 Stanford and yeah. and, and Arizona. It's what you think of Arizona? Uh, you know, 
probably what you'd think of Colorado State. That would be the one win I think they should get. Yeah. I, I you know. If, if they're going to get the over, they yeah. need that Colorado State win, Correct. I think, because I don't think they get three conference wins. I don't think there's any way they can hang with the big boys here. and Unless they just get some weird, you know, freak weather home game at yeah. Colorado and that, you know. But I see, I don't think that suits them either. So, <laughs> uh, you know, um, I, I even something like at Washington State, I, I would find it very difficult for them to find a win there. So I, I just, three seems ambitious. Three seems like a line bet up that I, I might yeah. be aggressive and grabbing down. You know how I, I sort of dislike taking anything under three because I, I think all football teams sort of make sure they can <laughs> hover around three wins, but it, it's just I need to see what they're going to be. Um, Stanford. Another team run into the ground. Yeah, how the mighty have fallen here. Um, I... I have no idea what to make. This is a total. It's a. It's almost it's a full just rebuild all here. All sea change. Players all out. Uh, coaches, probably coaching style, out. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say definitely out because. I, I mean, I believe this guy still runs a, a pro style offense. Uh, probably not as run heavy as Stanford has been in the past. Yeah. But I, honestly, I think this might be the worst team in the Pac-12. Yeah. Um, you know, even though they probably have had better talent than the other sort of bottom tier teams we've talked about I, I, I in think, the last couple of I years. I think it's going to come down to that uh, next to last game of the season, them and Cal. I, and, and, you know, it, it, we'll also see how they do at Colorado. Uh, that might be one of the ones Colorado can sneak up and get. Uh, just because, yeah, like you said, the Stanford team's bad. Uh, just – Poor management and, and bad coaching for the past you know three years. That's just progressively gotten worse. They finally made the change, but it's not going to turn around this year. Yeah, I, I don't think so, and it might not turn around for a while if they can't find a conference. So interesting, uh, Pac-12. Uh, sort of curious. Who do you have as your your Pac-12 uh, winner? You're gonna like this one. I'm gonna go with your team, Oregon State. Well, now I know we're in trouble. <laughs> I, I've also been eyeing Oregon State here, but I, I've also been, I like their schedule. I've also been eyeing UCLA as sort of a a, a long shot. A deep one I, I, see, I'm not as big on them. I because Oregon State isn't quite as uh, long shotty as they have been. Uh, looking at sort of a deep war, one would be UCLA, but uh, it, it'll be a good sort of last year here in the Pac-12. And we'll transition uh, here to the uh, Big 12. and uh, New teams in. New teams and in. And then next year, teams out and even more teams in. Yes. So, so, uh, so uh, total uh, <laughs> sort of sea change here. I guess we'll start off with the uh, typical uh, overrated, uh, overhyped uh, Texas Longhorns. Uh, I kind of want to buy it this year, oh, though. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> You've been drinking the Steve Sarkeesian juice, I, or you've just been up too long and you don't quite know what you're saying. But this is a really talented football team. I they say that every year, uh, you know. Uh, I, I think Quinn Ewers will probably be transferring in two weeks, so wherever he goes, and we have to hear new hype. Uh, you think Bo Nix has been around a while? I think Quinn Ewers is going to be like at every school there ever was. Um, I, I, I 
don't think it's totally been decided between Arch and Quinn, but uh, I, I think it's going to be Quinn. Yes, um, but who knows? It probably knowing Steve, it probably will flip flop for the first. Well, we'll see how eight uh, games of the year before he. Well, maybe he's maybe fully decides. Maybe what he'll do is he'll start his one he likes less than the other at first. Let him get destroyed at Alabama. And then put the other guy in. Well, that's what I was going to do. Because <laughs> put, a, put a scapegoat out there against Bama. That was sort of their, uh, you know, Sark's done it game where Bama came there. Uh, they played them tight, and Bama sort of snuck off with a win. Uh, and then Texas proceeded to do Texas teams and yeah. lose to pretty much every big team that punched them in the mouth. Uh, literally, uh, you know, they can blame Quinn Ewers' injuries all they want. Uh Still not overly impressed with him. We'll see what Arch Manning, uh, you know, can do if he plays any. But I, I, you think either one of them sticks around if they don't get to play? Oh no way! Uh, <laughs> uh, certainly, uh, you know, Arch probably there's a better chance that he sticks around just because he has a name and it, you know, when it's his first year, yeah, it doesn't really. He matter. could be the guy next year. I don't think there's any chance Quinn <laughs> sticks around if he's not playing. The thing I'll say is, uh, you know, this is a pretty difficult. St- schedule here for Texas. Yep. Uh, you know, opening with Rice, blah, but, you know, at Alabama, you mentioned it, Wyoming, while not a great team, probably not a fun team to play, yeah. who's going to sit there and not play enjoyable football and smack you in the mouth a little bit. Uh, you know, that weird game at Houston, I, I don't know what <laughs> bribed them into going to Houston, but I can guarantee you they'll be up for that game and beaten. Texas, and then they're at TCU, at Iowa State towards the end of the year. Uh, Iowa State, they're kind of falling off now. You say that, but it's always difficult to go there and play football. And this is, this is when Iowa State wins football well, games when no one expects them to. Uh, I, I just I can't totally buy uh, Texas here. I, I think it'll be similar to what they were last year. Maybe they can get into that nine-win territory, but I, I think it's eight-nine wins here. Yeah, uh, I, I and probably goodbye Sark. See, I, I'm on the other end. I I think this is a year they may pull away. Uh, I, I I look, you know, I I could be fooled again, uh, but I I think talent across the board in this Big Twelve. There's been a big shakeup with teams. I think far and away this is the most talented team. I I don't think Oklahoma's built it back quite just yet. Well, you probably can guess where I'm going to go. <laughs> Probably either purple side, actually. So, but I, I just, I think their schedule too difficult, and I don't more than talent. I just don't trust Sark. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think they can get uh, down to you know two conference losses. I, I think they get to ten. All right, I was going to say their win total. I, I think at nine I, and a half. Would I, you aggressively bet the nine and a half win total? Well. I, I think you're chalking Bama up as a loss. Yes. I don't think they can get that one on the road. No. <sighs> I think I think they can run through it and, and maybe just the one loss at TCU. You don't think there's a slip-up at Baylor, at Houston, BYU, at TCU? Kansas State at home. Kansas uh, State. You, you know that one's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know that I line. Can, that's a good line by Vegas there because I think it could. It's nine or ten. I I can I, I can I, already I, tell you right now. I'm telling you, we're putting a big bet on Kansas you, State when they're getting 13 <laughs> points and 
Texas is playing that I'm going, Kansas State's just going to run the ball up the middle on them the whole game. All right, uh, let's go to uh, Oklahoma. Uh, quite a drop-off, and yeah. then quite a mouthy little Brent Venables offseason <laughs> um, for really taking a team that Lincoln Riley built into a 10-win offensive juggernaut, and they weren't particularly good at offense and were terrible again on defense. They have been recruiting well. Uh, they brought in a lot of guys from the transfer portal. Hopefully got some new talent in here. But uh, I'm curious if this goes similar. To, I think this team's not going to be very good once again. Uh, if this goes similar again, you think Venerables sticks around or he gets the quick hook? Because I, I think Oklahoma quick hooks him especially when they move into the SEC. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to go into the SEC with, you know, no momentum. Um, and, and maybe if they repeat what they did last year, they want to make a change going with a fresh start into the SEC. But I think I think if he can get to eight, nine wins this year, they keep him and yeah. see if he can keep building that up. Um, I, I don't like Oklahoma either. I, I, I don't think they finished top four in I'm, this conference. I'm interested with that SMU game. I, I think we'll sort of see where Oklahoma sits in that SMU game. SMU... Good, but not great. Yeah. But if Oklahoma's, you know, tooth and nail with SMU, I think we're going to have some problems. Uh, and they also go at Cincinnati, which uh, might be a little bit difficult game early as well. We'll, we'll see where they are. I'm not big on Oklahoma State uh, this year. Uh, this one, I, I will say I'm big on just because I'm always big on them. Because I like their system. I like yeah. their coach. No one ever rates them, and then they win their you know, 9, 10 games by basically just doing football things that football has been done since the 1900s. I think they regress back a, a little bit here, but it's a little hard to say because they are pretty plug-and-play uh, yeah. defensively and offense. Same with you know Chris Kleiman, who was sort of, I don't want to say the start of, of North Dakota State's dominant run but really sort of uh put his uh spirits on it and, and they've and, and since he's come here it, it's been really sort of similar uh you know maybe one that covid year they weren't great but after that they've just been a solid team it's hard to beat yeah they're gonna play defense they're gonna smack you in the mouth they're gonna run the ball i'm interested to see if they run the ball as well you know they lost yeah. a great talent in deuce vaughn yeah. uh that won them some games yes. on on his own i think uh but you know the way they play, we could have a guy step in and but that, and, and that's what I you know it's every year you know they're gonna have somebody lose a deuce Vaughn and then we go you, you know that you've, running back at Kansas State he's really good well and you've got a leader in Will Howard yeah. returning that uh, he knows the system well yes. he knows how to play uh, and you know they've got a favorable non conference schedule I think that. Missouri game's winnable. Uh, Missouri's, you know, basement dweller, I think, in the SEC now. Uh, so, yeah, um, they they get TCU at home. So, we'll see. I think I, I like this team better than Oklahoma. I think yeah, this – I think I think, think I, I put Kansas State in the championship game. I don't know mm-hmm. if they can win it, but I think they can finish top two for sure. Yeah, I'm curious uh, to see if they can repeat. But, uh, you know, I'm always going to side on their side uh, because I, I just like their system and what they do. Uh, a team that is coming off of, you know, a playoff appearance. Mm-hmm. Sunny Dykes, second season here at TCU. Um, they, they lose a lot on offense. Yeah. But the one thing I will say about Sunny Dykes, I, I don't, I don't totally worry about offense because he's been able to sort of 
just manufacture offense. I, I mean, you saw it last year. The quarterback that ended up winning all the games for him wasn't even the quarterback that was supposed to be their starting quarterback. Uh, is there – I think you always say there's a drop-off from, yeah. you know, winning, going 13-2 and two, uh, you know, and losing in the uh, national championship game. But um, uh, can they sort of repeat here and, and win this Big 12 again? I, I – I would find it difficult that they went nine and zero in conference. Again. Yeah, I, I I don't think so. I think they're dropping one, maybe two, uh, at at least two. I think uh, conference games. I just there's too much, yes. too many pieces that they're going to have to replace. They're going to have to find their chemistry. I mean, just you know, running backs, quarterbacks, receivers. They lost it all. Um, they got a little bit of their defense back, but this this top this conference is going to be. You know, a little different. Like I think, I think it's more top heavy this yes. year. I think you've got, and and I think they do fall in the top four to five teams for sure. I don't think they'll drop below that, but I think we're going to see them get seven and two in the conference. What I'm interested here is, uh, you know, Dykes took over last year from Gary Patterson, and, and there were still a lot of the Gary Patterson sort of defenders on there. That's true, and not all of them leave. But it starts to start to be a slow, steady stream of sort of what it was sort of the perfect storm last year where Gary Patterson's systems on defense and players sort of merged with Sonny Dykes's, you know, offensive. I just would say brilliance. He's been able to do offense for, you know, a billion years here. Um, and I wonder if the defense, which, you know, still gave up big plays last year starts to fall further and further, and we get more of sort of what we've seen from Sonny Dykes' teams, which is a, a lot of 50- and 60-point games. And we don't have, you know, the team with strong corners who can play man-to-man, who have linebackers who cover, you know, the whole field and, you know, big, strong defensive ends who can blitz off the corner and just create, you know, havoc plays. And we get a little more, you know, Sonny Dykes' high scoring type games now that might be two or three years down the road and, and you know he, he sits in california and or california he sits <laughs> in texas and, and can recruit you know those type of defenders but he's never sort of been able to yeah. do that yeah i think we're gonna have a drop off i mean they're gonna sweep their non-conference i believe but i think nine wins yeah. total maybe the most for this team interesting little texas one too in that houston uh sort of smu uh back to back there uh, all right, uh, Baylor, uh, I, I disappointing last year, uh, but I, I don't totally know if it was disappointing. I, I think they lost some games they probably shouldn't have. Yeah. And and you're sort of judging off the year before where they probably won more games than they should have. And it's probably, I think, it'll be about a happy medium this year. It probably won't be the highs that they had uh, two years ago under Dave. But it probably won't fall as sort of as low as it did last year. I, I'm looking about you know eight wins tops, probably a seven eight win season here for uh, Baylor. Yeah, I, I think slight improvement. They're going to keep continuing uh, uh, to build up a little bit here. Uh, I think they definitely improve off last year. This could be a team that could jump up and maybe finish ahead of TCU. Yes. I think they're going to be kind of in that same range, eight or nine I, I'm wins. I'm curious if they get their mojo working like they did two years ago. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of a dark horse play uh, on the Big 12 uh, here, especially if you know Texas and Oklahoma both drop off. Then you're looking at Baylor maybe stepping back up. I don't know if they can reach 
what they did two years ago, but I certainly think they'll be more in the mix. And like we said, they lost a couple games last year that they probably shouldn't have that they should have been winning. Yeah, they get to host Texas uh, pretty early on, but uh, back-to-back road games at Kansas State, at yeah, TCU. That's not going to be a fun end of the year. And then West Virginia comes in there. Now, whatever. <laughs> we think of West Virginia, but it's still a football team. Uh, probably one that overachieved a, a little bit last year. Yeah. I think we were both pretty down on them early. Now, I, I think we sort of turned late yeah. and sort of saw them play good football. Uh, I, I think they drop off a little more uh, this year. But See, I'm, I'm the opposite. You're you're thinking they're going to continue. I, I, I think this is a team that could potentially jump up to top three in the conference. Yeah. Uh, I think they could jump a TCU and a Baylor. We'll we'll see. Uh, they bring back you know a lot of starters on offense, and I just I like the way they're coached. Yeah, I, I will say uh, Joey McGuire did a really really good job last year, and if that continues, uh, maybe Texas Tech sort of rebuilds himself into a you know a, a solid program who can cause other Big Twelve teams some problems, which is sort of what they were under Mike Leach. Uh, yeah. And stuff, so it's certainly capable. I they just, know how to put points on the yeah, board. I just, I, I don't have a good feel for them. I probably should say, and it feels like they overachieved last year. Like I feel like them and Baylor probably switch places uh, a little bit this year. Like maybe they drop to the sort of six win mark. Baylor climbs up to the sort of eight win mark uh, here. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what Joey McGuire does uh, in uh, his second season. I think this one is probably the most interesting <laughs> one. Speaking of games that they uh, should have won, that they lost, and then totally, uh, I don't even know what the last half of the year was. Yeah. Quidditch. <laughs> uh, what do you make of here? Because there's talent here. I just, I, I'm curious if Gundy sort of run his it, course. It, it kind of looked like he threw the towel in last year and just kind of when things started not going their yeah, way, he was just like, eh, it, season's over. Yeah, as soon as it started to slide, it, it slid and there was just nothing. But, I, like I said, there's talent. I They could theoretically be a contender here it, it, in the Big 12. I just, I don't know what made them do that because they were they were a contender in the big 12 up until i think late october we had yeah we had that big money game we bet on texas on them and then basically after that <laughs> uh they seem well, to give up a lot of points they, and stop scoring them i think their schedule's a good thing going for them they don't have texas they don't have tcu yes. um so they don't have baylor uh they got some winnable games i think their toughest one is i mean they gonna they get Kansas State at home. They get Oklahoma at home. They get Kansas at home. Uh, I think this is a really favorable schedule. I think they definitely improve it for last year. Uh, potentially make a conference title game. I think they're going to be up there in that top cluster. That's, I'm eyeing them for a little bit of a dark horse run. The only thing that concerns me is maybe, you know, it's going to be almost 20 years for Gundy now. Yeah. Is it sort of time to sort of freshen up the place here? And Last year sort of seems like maybe, but the talent's there to uh, at least contend here in the Big 12. Okay, next up, uh, the newcomer here, Central Florida. Uh, I, I will want to say, well, I, I probably should just say just a Gus Malzahn season. Wins that they sort of pulled out of their butt and 
losses of games they totally threw away and mismanaged. Um, I, I think it'll probably be similar. Uh, this team has, once again, a lot of talent and a lot yeah. of speed. I think it'll give some Big 12 teams more problems than they think. I also think going to Central Florida will be difficult for uh, some of these uh, Big 12 teams, especially. Uh, you know, I'm eyeing this one. If they get a lot of those noon games, yeah, I think it could be a little bit West Virginia-ish where, you know, Big 12 teams have trouble coming across all the way into Orlando, starting out at 12, and UCF just starts, you know, blitzing and playing fast here. I, I'm curious what you think they'll be in and around here in their opening Big 12 season. Yeah, I, th- I think they're going to be the best newcomer out of the four uh, newcomers to the conference. And, and I you know, I don't think they repeat their record from last year, but I, I think eight wins is very doable. That's what, the win totals, it looked low to me. It's, it's at six and a half. Yeah. I, I think they get that. I think seven is a definite, and it, it, we're looking more in the eight, nine, depending on how yeah. things go. Uh, you know, Kent State probably definitely win. that. The Boise State at Boise State's a little bit probably is the separator between, yeah. you know, seven, eight wins there. Uh, but I just – I think this team is good. I Gus Malzahn – No I, Texas, no TCU. Yeah, I wouldn't call him a, a great coach, but I call him one who finds ways to win football games and is always going to be – Know, seven, eight, nine wins. Yeah, uh, here and especially with this all of those numbers year. are uh, yeah. above their win total. Exactly. So <laughs> uh, I'm probably hedging on our <laughs> a little bit here on our future show next week, but you could probably guess uh, where I'm going to sit on this one. Yeah. I just I think this team has too much talent and speed. I'll be curious to see if the defense can create as many turnovers as it has in the past. I, I mean, but they're. Every time they've stepped up, they've been able to hang with uh, teams like the teams in the Big Yeah, I, I, I don't think we have a playoff team in this conference this year. I think conference champion is going to have two or three losses. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think this, is, this UCF team is an upset away from being right there yeah. with the top dogs in the conference. I, I don't think they finish that high, but I think they have the opportunity to be right there on the outside looking in and, and, and finish in, you know, fourth or fifth well, in the you, conference. You talked about it. The one I could see – would be Texas, but uh, I think there's a coaching handicap that uh, might hold them back <laughs> a little bit. Like, if you were telling me, say, a Nick Saban or a Brian Kelly were taking over Texas this year, I- I'd probably throw them in the mix, but uh, it's not. It's just the understudy who uh, has not been successful anywhere he goes. All right, uh, we'll move to Iowa State here. Um Basically, uh, a regression of what had sort of been a continuing trend uh, here for Iowa State. Um, You know, I I talked about them still being a difficult place to uh, at least go on, you know, home. uh, But you seem to be a a little bit more down on Iowa State than I was, uh, you know, uh, this year. I just, I think the stink around the program with the gambling and and their starting quarterback last year being suspended and 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 that I think it's just going to just cloud this team and I I give them two more losses than what I was already giving them and I think they could fall almost to the bottom of the conference. Yeah, I I don't know if they fall to the bottom. Uh I, I think they sort of maxed out their bottom last year at 4 and 8. I I know you 
the gambling stuff um, uh, is a little bit, but you know, a, a lot of those guys. I know it was their starting quarterback. But, you know, <laughs> he wasn't amazing. That's that's sort of where I'm at. All those guys in that, where it's not exactly like I. I call them world beaters and yeah. must-haves, and it's going to sink the whole program. I think you sort of plug and play. Now, this is probably the uh, the uh, epitome of maybe take your SEC job when you have a chance. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I was saying is Matt Campbell missed his window a couple yes, years ago to I really get paid. I don't and think anybody thinks he's the genius that we – I don't think we ever thought it was. No. I think we have shows three or four years ago. Stating, I'm not sure Matt Campbell's all that great, and Brock Purdy uh, turning into a great quarterback as soon as he goes to the NFL probably sums that up. But uh, I, I don't think it falls much past four and eight. I, I do think Matt Campbell's just one of those coaches who sort of can keep him hovering. Now, how much the scandal plays in, I, I will say factors, and, and you know, adding. Maybe they drop a little bit because of you know a, a BYU and a Central Florida and yeah. a Houston being in the mix, which all are programs I probably rate a little more highly than Iowa State, uh, maybe not Houston. That sort of depends on who's randomly coaching them I, at the time. I just I look at their schedule. I only see one game that they can win. Yeah, I, I That's at Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I was going to say, don't put the Northern Iowa one on there because that one's always a field goal game. No yeah, uh, you know, Iowa's tough, you know, non-conference. I just, I think, I, I think this team wins two or three games, and that's yeah. it. I, I, it'll be interesting to see sort of if uh, Matt Campbell can sort of resurrect them. Uh, speaking of teams who have resurrected, resurrected uh, Lance Leopold, uh, I, I think a favorite uh, of our coaching yep. line. Back uh, in his Mac days. Yes. Uh, pulled Kansas to six wins once again. Uh, that was another over-under at a, like two uh, and a half for three. That's correct. Uh, now – I think if you had put it at five and a half, I probably would not have taken it. Six wins, that's, that was a hell of a season, and actually this team played really good football for yeah. the whole year. A uh, Heisman I, candidate, yeah, a quarterback. I, I think <laughs> everything was good here. Um, does it fall back a little bit? Because this was such I, – I, I just remember a preview show, you know, I was like, I think they'll win over. I think they can grab, you know – Top in four wins. Yeah. They won six and were in, I mean, basically a majority of the games they mm-hmm. played. Does it keep going up or do we get a little bit of regression here? I mean, the team returns. Uh, so is this a dangerous team, I think, uh, would be my question. I don't know about dangerous. I think they're going to be about what they were last year. I think they're going to be in games. Yeah. Uh, they may win. A couple that they're not supposed to, they may could lose a couple they're not supposed to. I, I think they're right there. Bowl eligible is the line. I think they get to six. Uh, I don't know how much more they can get than that, though. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious how, you know, the additions in the Big 12 mm-hmm. affect them as well once yeah. again. Well, you know, we both like UCF. Yes. Maybe UCF isn't as good, and they get Correct. that win. Um, um, we'll see what BYU is. Correct. I don't know what to make of BYU. Yeah, it, it's always <laughs> a wild card. Once again, I... Actually, Houston's probably more of what <laughs> yeah. BYU. At least BYU tends to win games. Houston tends to find ways to lose them. Uh, their win total sits at six and a half. I, I probably won't be aggressive on, on that no. this year just because I think the Big 12 is deeper. I, I think their schedule's a little bit tougher than last year. 
you know, Illinois is going to be a difficult game. I know Nevada's picked to suck, but, you know, at Nevada's never easy. That's yeah. not a easy place to go, even if you are a Kansas team whose talent has improved. So I, I'm interested to see how this goes, but, I mean, I can't say enough about Lance Leopold <laughs> yeah. dragging six wins out of this one. Uh, once again, BYU, we move to uh, another newcomer. Newcomer, typical BYU season. I, It's going to be a solid football team, which BYU always is. I, I think it's one of those is this a solid football team that can find ways to win and ends up with like 10 wins, or is it, you know, a, a BYU team that sort of falls apart and, and wins? more in the seven range. Uh, it's just, it's hard to sort of say what you're I, getting from BYU. Yeah, I think this schedule is going to be a little bit of a shock to them. Yes. I, I don't think they're going to be used to this much competition. And and, and like you said, the, the Big 12 is deeper this year, and, and their schedule is pretty brutal, uh, you know, not to mention the road game at Arkansas and yeah. non-conference. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I think... <sighs> the only thing I, I can't totally get a hold on, you know, I mentioned it was Central Florida. But I, I think they will have a big home field advantage too. Teams going up into BYU. Yeah. That just it's a difficult place to play. You're gonna be playing weird Saturday night games in BYU. Yeah. The crowd will be nine o'clock kickoff. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the weather will be uh, at what a lot of these teams are not used to. Uh, yeah. you know, especially once winter hits around, you know. I'm not sure how you know, TCU, Texas, Texas Tech but, are going to love going up into the mountains in Utah. Here. But, you know, they're at TCU this yes. year. They're at Texas this year. They're at Oklahoma State. Yeah. And they got to go across the country to West Virginia. Uh, I don't think they get many wins out of those teams that I just named. I, I, I think maybe the six-win window is around where I, they're going to be. we'll see where they are when they play Arkansas. And if they can hang with them, I, I think this might be. Uh, sort of an eight-win team, and if they can't hang with them, then yeah. uh, you know, it, it they'll probably struggle. But it's just they have they have what BYU always have: experienced, solid football players. It, it's just a little bit is, of it is how the breaks sort of go for BYU. You know, a kick here or there, an interception, fumble here or there, uh, probably determines seven wins or you know nine wins. Uh, uh, we're going. <laughs> I, I'm curious if you still have hope for your coach Neil Brown here. They they seem to be getting worse and worse uh, each year. Um, I, I'm I'm curious how long they uh, hold on to Neil, but uh, I, I thought it was really sort of disappointing last year. And, you know, I quarterback sort of injuries, but I mean they came in with like three quarterbacks and none of them. Yeah. Either they got hurt or none of them turned out to be good. They didn't turn out to be good, and even sort of my home strategy of noon games there didn't even uh, yeah. you know work all that well. This team just seems to be one that's getting worse and, and, and worse and worse. I, I'm a little worried they yeah. are one of the ones that uh, sort of feels the attrition of Big 12 additions and falls even further. Yeah, back. like you said, I think they're really going to – they're going to hurt with the newcomers coming into the conference because I think they fall below all four of those newcoming teams. Uh, Well, three. I'm not big on Cincinnati, but uh, I think – that's still a good program. Yeah, I I think they're going to fall quite a bit, and we'll be lucky to get three or four wins. Yeah. Uh, 
you think Neil Brown makes it through the year if they're no. sitting three or four? That's I'm no. I'm curious how you know West. I know some people don't know, but West Virginia fans are just about as insane as anybody. <laughs> so uh, we'll move to Houston. Um, our friend Dana remains. Yeah, I. Um, this team lost a lot on offense. Um, basically, the most underachieving team. Um, Basically, just a Dana Holgerson team can look as good as anybody and can look as bad as anybody. Uh, series to series, not just game to game. Literally, series to series. Uh, I, I I think they're where they belong. I think Houston always sort of belonged in the Big Twelve after yeah. the Southwest Conference, you know, folded up. Uh, you know, this is a huge school with, you know, a, a lot of money and a lot of talent, but. Uh, can Dana make this transition and play with these teams here? I don't think so. Uh, I, I think this may be his way out as well. Uh, I, ironically, if we just talked, came yes. off talking about West Virginia, uh, I just I, I don't see how they can navigate and even get to the eight wins they got last year. Uh, I mean, definitely not the eight wins they got last year. Uh, and that was disappointing, might I say. Yeah, I, I, yeah, uh, I see it most four wins. Yeah. On their schedule, they've got some tough non-conference games. Well, it one non-tough non-conference game. Their opener, uh, which is not a good way to start the season. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't see a lot of wins on this schedule. I don't think they make a bowl game, and I think they fired Dana Holgerson. Yeah, that's what I. I, I don't know if I'm hoping, but you know, I, I I'm a little sick of the Dana Holgerson era here at Houston. Yeah. I, I didn't love the hire when they made it. Uh, I thought he underachieved at West Virginia with the talent that he brought in, and once again, he's brought in good talent to Houston, but seems to always underachieve, even to that team that made the title game two years ago. They basically brought back that same team uh, last year, and it ended up going 8-5 and and losing a bunch of games that it shouldn't have. I just, this is one that I see dropping off and and maybe being fodder here in the uh, 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 Big 12, and then we sort of get a new era as sort of the Big 12, you know, some of the new teams are in, but I, I think the big rebrand starts next year and we get sort of the uh, real Big 12 and uh, Houston sort of restarts their era there, probably brings in, uh, you know, a high-level coach yeah. uh, as they kick off the Big 12. We'll move to Cincinnati, the last newcomer in here. This is going to be a bit of a... Hard read. Uh, Scott Satterfield uh, takes over here. Interesting here because I, I think we both liked him at Abbey State. I, I think we both thought the Louisville was a, a mixed bag. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was always his fault, but they didn't seem to win as much as I thought they should. But I, I don't know if they had the talent necessarily to win. I don't know if you blame him for that or the mess that Louisville sort of has become both in basketball and football the <laughs> yeah. last uh, couple of years. But he bails out of there, goes to Cincinnati. What do you make here of, of this Cincinnati? We already heard you sort of mention it. You think yeah. they're going to be down. I, I, I They aren't going to win nine, but I, I like I, – I think they'll hover, you know, six, seven uh, wins here. Yeah, them. Emory Jones, we'll see what he can do at yeah. quarterback. I, I – I just I don't think it's going to happen year one for Satterfield here. I I think they'll be lucky to get to a bowl, uh, but I I've got them near the bottom of most of my projections. Uh, you know maybe 
better than, you know, West Virginia, Houston, and that's about it. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see how he does here. Uh, like I mentioned, the mixed bag at Louisville, you know, I loved him at App State. I loved the way he played but football. I do like the hire. I mean, I don't hate it. I, I think I think it's I think he's going to get it. Oklahoma and Texas are going to move out. There's going to be some weaker teams yeah. moving in. Uh, give it a couple years, they could potentially be back. I think his style of football sort of fits Cincinnati yeah. more than it fit Louisville. I think it never sort of fit Louisville, who still has sort of the sort of the Petrino uh, feel <laughs> and want they want to be. Yeah. Basically, terrible at defense and just score a lot of points on offense. And Satterfield's more the exact opposite. Basically, just wants to run the ball and beat you up across the lines. I think that fits sort of Cincinnati's style of play, which they've been doing for a very long time since you know Brian Kelly was basically there. But uh, interesting Big Twelve, especially with these new additions and, and you know Texas and Oklahoma sort of leaving. Who do you uh, have coming out of the Big Twelve? This year? Oh gosh, um, I'm gonna have to go with Texas. Going with Texas, I, I just think the talent's gonna prevail this year. I, I think I'm giving you a combo package of Oak State, Kansas State. I I will say if you know on our future show if Oak State's getting some good value, I think their schedule benefits them greatly, and it and may could get them in the conference game, but. I, I like Texas. I'll come back and tell you take that two months ago because they've been bet down a little bit. <laughs> so if you can magically find a line from two months ago and slip it in there, uh, I do that. All right, uh, we're off to college and uh, into the NFC. A uh, couple NFL notes I, I wanted to talk to you uh, about before we got into our preview. Uh, I guess it's news, sort of news, but the Colts gave Jonathan Taylor permission to seek a trade. <laughs> uh, everything I've read said the Colts won a first-round pick or a, a well, early second. Weren't I, they I, just talking down how he doesn't need to be paid, and but now they're talking well, him up like he's worth this? That's it's, it's, where I sit in this <laughs> conundrum of, is this really news? Because... <laughs> I don't think any team... Good luck getting a first. Yeah, no one's giving a first. I doubt anyone's giving him an early second because his contract is up, so you have to pay him. No one's going to pay him over, I think, $10 would be generous. I I have a theoretical that I would find hilarious. Let's uh, let's see a Taylor-Barkley swap. (laughs) Don't get paid and don't get paid. I just... I don't know... I, I think they purposely gave him permission to seek a trade so he can find out he basically Just has, so he gets a wake-up call? Yeah, he has no, essentially what the Giants did. Fine, see well, what you can I mean, and you have no value on the open market. It's, it's just the way it is right now. Running backs are just not valued that high, and they can go out and get one that can do the job just as well for cheaper. Yeah. Um, I, I think some changes need to be made. I think their rookie deals need to be a little shorter than other positions so they can get their money while they're in their prime. Uh, but that hasn't happened yet, and, you know, this is a business, and the teams are going to, you know, make business decisions. Yeah. And, yeah, it sucks for the running backs, but that's what it, the way it is. I, it's I, – I, I – Unless some crazy team, and I, I went through them, and I was like, I don't think anybody's crazy enough to give up a first or second to make that push. Well, and there, I don't. You looked at it. Uh, I mean, Philly already picked up their running back. I, you know, I was trying to think of contending teams. San Francisco's probably good. I doubt Seattle with the way they're building their team, and, yeah. and basically they drafted a running back, so they don't need to. 
A one. Do you, are you thinking maybe an in season trade after an injury? But who's giving up a first or second? That's a just early second is what they said. Now, maybe if they drop their asking price, because I don't know how much they, you know, really want Do him. they want to hang on I to him? I think they'd be willing to franchise him next year and, you know, give him $8 million and go year to year because they're sort of in transition, too, yeah. with, with Anthony Richardson. So... Uh, I don't think they're expecting to compete for a title this yeah, year either. So, so they're they're perfectly fine, you know. That's correct. Uh, so with whatever, if he. <laughs> that's why I was like, it's kind of news. It's kind of not news. <laughs> I, I just, I wanted to go to the second point here. I, I started my futures, and I, I began looking, you know, through FC, and I'm just curious. I, I was trying to rack my brain. Have you ever seen a conference? Throughout NFL being this week, literally, I, I looked and I was like, there is one team that I would be like, oh, yeah, they're really good. And two teams that I'm like, possibly one of them doesn't even have a quarterback currently. I, I just I, maybe the early 90s on the AFC side of things when the Bills made yeah. like four Super Bowls. But, I mean, there were still teams that popped up in there. Miami, Denver, you know, uh, San Diego. Uh, there were talented teams. I just, I've never seen the NFC this week where literally one team. Any others that would be bad, I would not be shocked by. I've never seen something like this. Well, and I'm not even big on that one team. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, you could, I could see a scenario where, Almost all of these teams could win it. There's one team I'm down on more than the others, but I think there's three potential winners in yeah, this division. I, I just literally I went through every <laughs> NFC team and I'm like, all the worst are in this division. Like, yeah. Well, but that's even if you go west, uh, south, um, east, basically any team but the Eagles. I was looking at wouldn't shock me if they finished under 500. Other than San Francisco, maybe, but if they name Sam Darnold their quarterback, I begin to become a little nervous there too. Yeah, and I, I mean, I say that. Well, that's we, why the Eagles' odds are so juiced yeah. to get all the way, just because. I I'm, say that because we moved to this division, which I <laughs> honestly, if a team won this conference with six wins, it wouldn't totally stun me. So uh, let's move to the NFC South. I, yeah. I, Think theoretically you have to win more than six games, but I'm not 100 sure because I don't know if any of these are winning any non-conference uh, game. They do get to play the worst uh, division in 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 the AFC. Yeah, they get to play the, the AFC is South. They're all saying they get to play this division and are trying to win games. Um, and they get to play their own division. Yes. Uh, <laughs> let's start out with Atlanta. I will say, skill position wise, this is the most talented team. There's a minor problem, though, that uh, I, we have no clue what this quarterback's going to be. It, it wasn't great to close the season. Yeah. They're giving us a lot of commie rag about how good it's been in preseason. I, I don't, you know, I don't ever buy that. This is a team you like out of this division. I do, I do like this team. I will say, skill position-wise, they're really good. Uh, I think their defense is a little bit overrated. They have one really, really good corner who was banged up all last year, which then their defense <laughs> fell apart uh, with their offense. 
Uh, we're talking Atlanta Falcons here. What do you make of this Falcons team this year? Well, it's it's an interesting scenario here because they have one of the the cheapest defenses and 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 you know and one of the cheapest offenses uh, last year, and but they still managed to get seven wins. I think that's a you know really goes to show. I think they made a good coaching hire, Arthur Smith. He's got seven wins his first two years. I think this is the year he needs to make the jump. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, if he goes down. Yeah, but I mean, this is also a team that in the past couple of years they've spent more money on the hard cap on players that aren't even on this roster anymore. Uh, I mean, they gave Matt Ryan a bunch of money last year. He wasn't on this team. They paid Julio Jones last year. He wasn't on this team. Just money everywhere, not being spent on this team. They're finally starting to slowly shift that back. They're still not quite there. They're still paying a bunch of guys that aren't on this team. Um, but you know, they were in thirteen one-score games yeah. last year. Uh, some of them went their way. Some of them didn't go their way. I, I like the defensive additions. You talked about their defense. I like Calais Campbell and yes. Bud Dupree both coming in on the defensive line. That should help them get a little bit more pressure uh, and help their coverage out a little bit. Um, and, and I like Ritter coming in as a clear-cut starter. I think that's going to give him some confidence and, and maybe a little bit more chemistry with well, this I, offense. Well, I think that's where you sort of handicap it. Yeah. You, you do th- a couple things. Uh you know, Dupree, I, I think probably you'd say mixed bag with yeah. the Titans. I I don't even know if you'd say mixed bag. He is what he is. He's a yeah. speed rusher off the edge. Yeah. If you give him a free release, he'll cause havoc. If, if you got a big guy who can knock him back, uh, he's not going to do much. Campbell, you know, who was one of the best defensive tackles, starting to get a little bit long in the tooth. It's, mm-hmm. you know... How long can one he stay healthy? And I think I thought they were both good value yes, pickups. So. Definitely, uh, certainly to build you know depth along that defensive line where I thought they were weak last year. Uh, we'll see if Tyrell, who was a standout his rookie year, uh, you know last year, mixed bag because he started having the hamstring trouble. Uh, they need him. Uh, you know that's and, and you talked about the one score games and that's where i get a little bit concerned yeah. cuz they easily could have bounced the yeah, other way they're easy, they're going to play one score games because arthur smith well, being a Titans fan, yes. I know his offense. Yes. Uh, they're going to play defense. They're going to run the ball on basically every first yes. down ever. Uh, and they have deep – they're deep at running back. And that's where I get a little concerned too because, one, they have Kyle Pitts, who's basically the biggest waste I've ever seen of talent out here on the Falcons. They don't ever throw him the ball. Uh, you know, London I thought looked really good last year, at least as an explosive mm-hmm. downfield threat. They got guys. Uh, Holland's also uh, last year with the uh, Raiders. I, I thought played pretty good football. If you're in one score games, that's where I get nervous with Ritter. Uh, behind you saw it with Mariota. It's just if you need that drive, can Desmond Ritter lead that? Now, if you think he can, yeah. This team. Well, I mean, I think we're going to go through, and everybody's <laughs> going to be a contender for this division. But I, I think you probably put them and I think Carolina probably a little bit ahead of the other two, depending sort of where you feel the Saints are. Yeah. I, I think that's a coaching issue more than a personnel issue. But I, I just I want to see Ritter do it. I, I didn't – I like Desmond Ritter in college. I think he's a solid quarterback who can be an NFL quarterback. I just didn't see it last year. And, you know, it, it's hard to gauge too because you talked about Arthur Smith. He – he just seems to – he's conservative by nature on offense anyway, and if the court, he doesn't think the quarterback can do yeah. it, it gets even more conservative. Now, how much of that was Mariota? I don't know, but like I said, those last couple of games that Ritter played, you know, he didn't want to throw passes 
there either, and you're in one score game. So I, I'm sort of a mixed bag on this team. I think they've improved. And like I said, skill position-wise on the running back and receivers, yeah, they have a lot of talent. I just I don't know where it sits with Desmond Ritter at quarterback. And if I don't think they're very deep on the defensive side of the ball, so if they have injuries like they did last year, yeah. it, it makes it hard to play their style of football. All right, uh, we'll go to the uh, next one up here. Let's go to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I think the other team that contend were a bit sort of split here. You're a little more Atlanta. I'm a little more Carolina. It's sort of similar, except it's flipped here a little bit. A lot of skill position guys on defense. I I think this, well, I mean, they were last year too. I think Carolina will be one of the best defensive teams in the NFL. Offense is where you get a, a little bit nervous here. Rookie quarterback. They traded their one real threat. Yeah. Uh, uh, Not a lot of weapons at offense. A uh, bunch of used-up guys, yeah, I think. A bunch of used-up guys would be where it was, but I think they'll do the Atlanta thing, run the ball a lot, Miles Sanders in there. Um, it'll be interesting to see where Young's at. I I like Young a little more than Ritter. Uh, obviously, you <laughs> look at their draft status. But I, it, it's hard to see how this team wins games because their offense – you don't know where it sits, yeah. whereas, you know, the Falcons, it's sort of give or take where their defense sort of sits. Yeah, I, I'm just not as big on this Panthers team, and I think I think a lot more pressure is going to be put on Young yeah. here than on Ritter in Atlanta. Uh, I think there's a bunch of other pieces uh, in Atlanta that can help get that offense going. I think if Young can't perform, this offense can't perform. New coach as well. Frank Wright goes yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sort of a mixed bag in Indianapolis. Uh, great offensive coordinator at Philadelphia. I thought he did a good job early yeah. at Indianapolis. And, you know, then personnel-wise, they started they, giving him garbage. To- <coughs> they do have a d- decent offensive line. Um, you know, if they can run the ball, maybe give Bryce Young a little bit of relief here. Uh, I'm just worried, you know, any given hit could knock him out. Yes. I, I do worry a little bit about that, but I do think they'll – I think they'll be cautious and protect him. And I, I just, in this division, now I, I don't foresee them making long playoff runs, but I think defensively they yeah. can sort of hold down the fort and, and scratch enough games here to sort of be, I mean, last year they almost scratched out this division if they hadn't, Yeah. well, if Sam Darnold had not had melted down in the second half of the Tampa Bay game, they would have been the one in the playoffs I think they can do similar uh, type thing here in this division. I it should probably in this division. I don't think they are long for the playoffs. I I don't think any of these teams, whichever one comes out, is long for the playoffs. Let's go to the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks here. Um, I I think this one will probably be definite. Uh, I think last I think place. we're we're getting. I think ugly we both think this team is the and worst in the division. I think you. I, I think the linebackers are getting old. It, it's and they officially named Baker Mayfield as yeah, their starter. I, I think that sort of <laughs> set things up. Their line's going to be brutal. Uh, Baker's yeah. basically they're throwing Baker in there to be a sacrificial lamb. Then they'll probably uh, <laughs> fifth game in, sixth game in, they try out the Florida kid and see if he can do anything. And I just this is a rebuild from what it is. Uh, they still got a handful of pieces from the defense, but I'm sure. Sh- I'm curious how engaged well, they will be. Once they this this, this is a team that two years ago went all in to win a championship, 
and they're paying the price for yes. it now. Uh, they've got they've got guys that their money's coming due. They, they should p- probably shake hands with the Rams <laughs> because it's about the same thing. Well, they they, they put off Evans's money. Yes. Uh, he you know only got paid five last year. He's getting over twenty this year. Uh, they've got a few other guys that you know their their contracts are coming due. Uh, regression too with Evans. I think yeah. you started to see him be a little old. And you, you wonder how much he's going to be in it this yes. year once this team starts to perform poorly. And like you said, brutal offensive line. You know, the only thing that really kept them statistically alive last year was the fact that Tom Brady was yes. their quarterback. Uh, Baker Mayfield, horrendous at taking sacks. It's not going to be a good combo. Like you said, there's no way he I makes it. I don't think you have to qualify it as horrendous at taking sacks. I can think you can say just horrendous at quarterback. <laughs> I think that's okay. Uh, and the other thing is, is they don't really have a great running back room to no. support him here. I think just offensively it's atrocious. They have a few weapons here and there still on defense. Yes. Uh but they're not going to be able to outscore teams. And, you know, even if their defense holds teams to, you know, 20-something points a game, I don't think they score enough well, to win. Well, there was, a, you know, two years in a row, uh, White has sort of regressed. I, I think we thought he was, you know, sort of a all-everything yeah. Troy Palomalu type. He, he was really bad last year. Now, you know, Levante David, too, must be 150. Still productive at, at middle linebacker, but you wonder when that starts to, you know, fall back. Uh, you know, corners were okay last year, yeah. but I, I think I'd, they'll drop off a little bit here because I think that defensive line, I mean, granted, Vitavea is still a mass, yeah. but I don't think they'll have the edge rushing I, that they had, uh, you know, uh, I should say when they were peaking towards Super Bowl convention. Yeah, my thoughts are I think they throw Baker out there. If, if he doesn't work miracles yes. by week four, I think this is one of the first teams in the NFL to start tanking. Yeah, I think it's a quick tank. I think it's a grab and see if Kyle Trask can, you know, yeah. capture lightning in a bottle and then go after, uh, you know, the Caleb Williams uh, tank stretch to see if you can grab Caleb. Yeah. Uh, I think they'll be quick because I, I think a lot of these guys also next year, if they start to cut. Well, and then you, you start looking at cutting vets, trading vets, and then you start getting young linemen and, yeah. and rebuilding from there, especially I, if you get Williams. Also a little curious how long – stick with the coach i mean i i think they were disappointed well they fired left which yes in and what no, they did yeah. last year and i, I think it's so we're going to get new play calling yeah i i don't think that was their issue <laughs> <laughs> um i think this is easily the the worst team and it quickly yeah. might become the worst one of the worst teams in the nfl yeah definitely i think this is just confusing because mm-hmm. i don't totally know what this is there are good parts but they seem to lose a good defensive guy every year from a defense that they had built really really strong and it seems to they're getting old yeah sort of piece by piece starts to weaken they kind of rebuilt the offense but it's certainly not the offense under sean payton and yeah i think they're coaching Leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, I, I, I know why they hired him because uh, he was cheap and there. Uh, but I don't know what to make of this team. They bring in at least a competent quarterback. I wouldn't call a great quarterback, but you can plug him any place NFL quarterback and isn't going to embarrass you. Yeah. Uh, the 
theoretically, Michael Thomas is going to play football again. Yeah, how long does that last? That's that's one of my biggest notes. I have not heard him out in the preseason yet, so that's a plus. But um, his health has been an issue yeah, for yeah. four I years mark now. that off as a no. Uh, Alive started to play, you know, take over that number one role. You also have the factor of the Camara suspension. So I really don't know where to slot this team because I don't think they're awful on defense, well, I just, but I don't think they're great. I don't think they're awful on offense, but I don't think they're good. I'm interested to see how their their stars on defense hold up. They're, yeah. they're getting old. Matthew's getting old. Jordan's getting yes. old. Uh, and I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to play. Lattimore was a drop last year, too. Yeah, so. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to play at the caliber they have in years past, and I think we're going to see it just all around on defensive, a little bit of a drop-off yeah. from what they had last year, and I don't know if that offense is going to come up any better. Uh, you know, Kamara serving the three-game yes. suspension to start the year is not going to help them get any momentum. Um, and, and some of their swing games are early in their schedule. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm not big on them. I, I They have the highest win total. Uh, you know, I look at it. Yeah, they're favored in, I think, 10 games right now. I think that's just all home field. Yeah, but – I just I think value wise I think if you're going to pick a winner you got to go with Atlanta or Carolina. Yeah, I think so for sure. Uh, I just I think you see a little bit more regression with this defense. I don't know really what this offense is. It was a mixed bag last year. I think it'll there'll there'll be improvement yeah. at the quarterback position, but I don't know if there'll be so much improvement that it it really factors into wins and losses. So I, I just – I don't know what – if this defense can stay stable and still one of the, uh, I want to say, top eight defenses in the league, they they probably will be in and around Carolina, Atlanta, just because none of them, I, I think, can pull away. Yeah. But if that defense falls, you know, 12, 15, middle of the pack, I, I think they probably don't drop as low as Tampa, but I, I don't I think they become real contenders in this. Yeah. Division and we have a sort of two division contender, you know, Atlanta and Carolina. But overall, just a really, really bad <laughs> uh, division. Uh, probably entertaining because most of these games are entertaining when they play division games. Yeah, not very good. Uh, so, who do you think wins this division? I like Atlanta. Uh, yep, and I'm going Carolina. So yeah. that's probably a little bit of a futures preview yeah. <laughs> on our NFL future show, which will be coming in two weeks. So that wraps up today's show. Be sure to catch Winning Daily. Yeah. Dynamite David will be back on Thursday to have his picks. I'll have my picks out Friday. You can catch all our shows on GLN TV on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. We'll have a Big time uh, week next week. Yeah. We're going to have a college football future show, a separate show from Wager Zone. We'll be back with Wager Zone. We'll finish out our college football preview. We'll start getting a little bit more into the NFL to wrap that up. And the week after that, we'll have our NFL future. <laughs> and then we'll be off to go. All sports seasons will be uh, good to go. Uh, and then we'll probably have a month before we get into a little bit of an NBA preview. <laughs> Wait till we start talking James Harden. That'll be fun. Uh, anyway, a uh, lot of stuff coming to you. You'll be sure to want to grab that. Be sure to like and subscribe. That's our show, and we're out. Strip's where I'm going to land. Only the word is crash.